Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Edit audio. Early in my acting career, I am not going to lie, I was thirsty and I was hustling. Because my credits were lacking, my onset experience was lacking, and at that time, I was willing to take whatever job came my way. Yes, I'll be an extra. Yes, I'll take no pay because I needed to get some experience. I needed to get them to see me. So cut to a no pay extra job, excuse me, pardon me, background work in the heat of summer. I'm talking sun bouncing off the tar on the Lower East Side of New York City. There was promises of exposure, like, you know, maybe you'll get a line and you'll definitely be featured in the shot. That means you could get a union card. So at 6 a.m., I sat in the makeup chair, not because I asked for hair and makeup, but because they told me to go get made up. Two minutes into my session, an assistant something or other walks in, and he's holding a walkie-talkie, and he says, what are you doing? She's an extra. Get her out of this chair. Ugh. So I, I, I slink back to the tent on the street. I'm embarrassed. I'm degraded. And now I am continuing to sweat. Well, shortly thereafter, we we shoot a scene, and then we cut for lunch, and all of us extras were waiting for our turn to get food, because first the crew, then the talent, but you're not talent if you're an extra. After all those people are done, well, then you can eat. Ten minutes later, Mr. Walkie Talkie enters the sweaty tent and says, oh, hey, we're all out of food, so, you know, you have an hour, you can go get lunch. No apologies, no food voucher, just to, like... Be back in an hour so we can place you in the background like the set dressing that we view you as. And that day, I left that set in an absolute rage. I mean, that was my breaking point. So I declared silently, because it was before social media, that I would never be an extra again. More importantly, I would never allow myself to be treated this way on the set again. Hello, everyone. I'm Robin Hopkins, and this is Well Adjusting, where I talk to people about life stuff, but not in an NPR way. It's more like we're at the bar, having cocktails, getting into your business sort of way. It's it's giving drunk NPR. Oh, and producer Steph is here, too. Hello. Today we chat, well, standing up for yourself at work when you are being undervalued. Ooh, have we got an exciting episode for you today. 
Today, we talk to Deb. They are a Brooklyn-based illustrator who went viral on Twitter for calling out a major media company worth, are you ready, six billion bucks because the company wanted to significantly underpay Deb for their work. Now, when I first heard this topic, I have to admit, I had some immediate thoughts on what I felt is right and wrong about sharing on social and employers and getting blackballed because of said posts. But this topic, it it turned out to be very complicated, very nuanced, and absolutely a blast to pick apart. So let's get right to Deb because this talk is too good to wait. Hi, I'm Deb. I use they, them pronouns, and I am a Korean American illustrator based in Brooklyn, New York. I also have a graphic novel coming out, which is very exciting. Yeah, it's um, called In Limbo. It's publishing from First Second Books, which is under Macmillan. And it is a memoir about being Asian and very depressed in a pretty broken household. So it's very dark. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's Thank not amazing you. that your childhood was dark, but it's amazing that that, <laughs> that you were able to make art out of it. I'm always for that. Less dark that I can uh, capitalize on my trauma. Yes. Let's talk about the question that you came in with mm-hmm. that you, you wanted to talk about. It was something along the lines of how do you call out other parties for the sake of making your industry a better place without the potential of being blacklisted. Right. You know, can you give people some backstory about how this question comes to you and why it's on the forefront of your mind right now? Oh boy. Um, so in November, like beginning of November, I got, um, inquiry, through my agent, he was like, hey, you got something from Fortnite, Fortnite the game. Yeah. Who they're looking for um, an illustration. It would be for a loading screen. So most of their players would see it. They would want all copyright to it for $3,000. And I'm imagining like, okay, if Fortnite wants an illustration, that has to be like in the five figures. Because my agent takes 30%. Sure. Um, Ouch. Yeah. So they came back and they said, yeah, $3,000 is what we normally pay. And I, I'm just sitting here like, really? 3000 Like, honey, <laughs> I get paid more doing book covers with struggling with like publishing houses that, you know, like arguably do not make as much money as Fortnite. Um, yeah. And they don't even own the image at that point. It's still mine. So my agent and I are like, kind of like, I can tell he's like kind of laughing a little nervously. Like I'm laughing nervously. And we're like, all right, well, $3,000, if that is your maximum budget, haha, um, would be only okay if, maybe okay, if I get to have all copyright to the illustration, meaning that they would only be able to use the illustration in that scenario as a loading screen. So it can't be in commercials. It can't be elsewhere. No. And they have to renegotiate with you. They would have to renegotiate with me. I would be like, I'm allowed to sell prints. I'm allowed to like use the illustration for other clients. And you can use this illustration for one year. I think that is very reasonable. And did you say, or you can do a buyout, but you're going to have to really increase the amount because I'm losing revenue. Yeah. Yeah. We put all those options out there. And they said, 
we don't have enough manpower in our legal team to renegotiate every contract because we like ask for like 50 to 75 loading screens a year. And our lawyers do not have enough manpower to change every single one of them. And that's, by the way, that's the most, like, if you want to come back and say, this is our budget, that's one thing. But to say we don't have manpower to like to do some revisions on a contract, that's absurd. Every, every contract gets redlined. That's absurd. Do you know how many, like, how much legal action is taken against Fortnite all the time? Maybe that's why they're so busy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, like, sorry, you're exploiting children. That is why they don't have enough manpower. Tell it Um, to my son. I'm like, stop buying skins. (laughs) Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey, friends, I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think you are going to like. Okay, Bill Burke is the host of the weekly podcast Blue Sky, where he interviews individuals tackling the world's most significant challenges with hope and optimism. Sounds right up your alley, right? Exactly what we thought. All right, it's brought to you by the Optimism Institute, which was also founded by Bill to sprinkle a bit of positivity on your view of the future, especially with the media often showing us just the gloomier side of things. On Blue Sky, you're going to hear optimism about topics on everything from climate change and AI to homelessness and immigration and more, and they're offering diverse perspectives. You're going to finish each episode feeling brighter about the world and optimistic about our collective future. The name Blue Sky, well, it's inspired by a meditation prompt symbolizing the idea that beyond the clouds, there's always blue sky, encouraging a broader perspective. The Blue Sky podcast is available for listening on all major podcast platforms, inviting everyone to look beyond the clouds and embrace a more hopeful view of the future. I'll tell you what, I'll be listening. Yeah, so we're like, this is ridiculous. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to do it. Which I feel very strongly at this point in the story, good for you. Because it's that's a that's a knowing your worth conversation. You're already established. You have an agent. You have work Mm -hmm. coming in. So you don't you don't need to. I mean, I think sometimes starting out, you you have to. But in this case, you didn't have to. Exactly. And I already have uh, a lot. I already had a lot on my plate. And so I did feel after like a day, I felt better that. Fortnite will not do much for me. I um, I am in the position where I am privileged to turn down a place like Fortnite. Um, I would say this were like three years, two, three years ago, I would have still taken it because I had less work at that point. So I think I was okay turning it down. And then my friend posted a page from the Graphic Artists Guild for Ethical Guidelines or something. And mm-hmm. it was from 2001. That, that edition was from 2001. And then they said, 
1935, an advertising job for an illustrator would pay $2,000, the USD. For the year? Or for, for the, the, no, for, <laughs> for that a single project. thing. Oh, in 19 when? 35. Whoa. Right? We are still getting paid. Like, a lot of places are still asking for that much for a job. And do you think that's because of the introduction of computers and, you know, graphics programs and stuff like that? You just think it's just the industry? I think the use of digital mediums, I don't think has anything to do with it because it's still a way to make images. Like you're still putting the same amount of work into images. Like the way I would paint on canvas, not that I do that anymore, is the same exact way that I would paint on um, Photoshop or Procreate. So it's not that it's Actually, maybe like computers does have something to do with it because now people are taking for granted, like a lot of people say, oh, you have a, you had a computer do that for you. Oh, right, right. They don't realize how much work it takes to draw on a computer. Um, So people take the arts, like design and the arts for granted. So I think that's why it hasn't risen in the last 100 years. So that makes a lot of people devastated. And I said, you know, what's going to be hilarious is that Fortnite, who made almost $6 billion in revenue last year, say they they don't have enough money to go above $3,000, which is ridiculous. Right. Well, they don't want to set a precedent because if it's probably illustrators, I assume, is a smaller community doing what you're doing. And if they pay you that, then the next person, and that's one of the things that we, I think we may end up touching on is like that people need to be more transparent about what they make so that there's mm-hmm. more collective power. Um, but yeah. if you were to tell your friends or your coworkers or your, you know, people that do what you do, what you made, if you made five, they'd be like, well, I only made three. And then suddenly exactly the price goes up for everyone. Yeah. Before I said no to Epic Games, I like researched who else did illustrations with Fortnite. And I emailed a bunch of illustrators Asking like, hey, I saw you did an illustration Fortnite for the same project. How much did they pay you? They all said $3,000. So I was like, all right, well, we're all being bullshitted. All right, cool. Um, but anyway, I said, that sucks. Um, I have an audience and I should just, you know, I am okay with calling out a company that has billions and billions of dollars to say that I think it's hilarious that Fortnite Games, who made $6 billion in revenue last year, is offering to pay me $3,000 for an illustration. And you posted this. I posted this on my Twitter. And at the time, I still had like a large following um, for an illustrator. So it went viral like very fast. Um, And at first, it was like a lot of my circles who are also illustrators saying like, damn, like what the hell? Like Fortnite? Really? I know that I did the right thing. And I'm glad I'm being like, quote, canceled for something that I know is not a reason to be canceled. Like I'm glad that... If this is the hill I'll die on, like, I'll die on it myself. It's fine. I have so many thoughts. Because uh, I do feel like this is a really complicated, nuanced situation. But before I get to my thoughts, I actually want to hear the outcome. Like, were there any negative ramifications that came from doing it? Other than you, you said I used to have followers, so I'm assuming you lost some followers. Um, oh, no, I but- gained a lot. Oh, you gained a lot. Okay, so then no. All right. So, but are were there any negatives that came up for you in particular in this? Um, yes, there were. So there were a few professional illustrators that are quite big in the industry who said, like, I wish I got like three thousand dollars from an illustration. Um, so that was bullshit. That was bad. 
uh, this one artist. She will stay unnamed. She is a legacy illustrator. Future illustration textbooks will talk about her. Um, she's also known for really bad takes. Like, yeah. really bad. Um, but she is still one of the most respected in the industry. But I know that she got an illustration with Fortnite because I emailed her in November asking her, hey, I need to know, like, how much do they pay you? Because for $6 billion revenue from 2021, I don't think this is acceptable. Right. And she said, yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, we actually got a higher rate, but like, you can't tell anybody, blah, blah. And I said, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, just um, I won't tell anybody. And then fast forward to December, she posted a screenshot of um, this one article that mentioned my trials and turbulations with Fortnite. And the illustrator said, do not ever do this. Oh, Don't like, do what like she Like a cautionary did. tale. Yeah. And obviously did not read the article because she misgendered me. Mm. And she said, like, she actually emailed me asking for how much they paid me. And I thought the email was very rude. She didn't share the email with her Facebook friends. Right. And- she said, don't do what she did. You're going to get blacklisted. Your reputation is going to go down the line. Your career is going to be ruined. And I found out that a few of the comments were like, hey, first of all, Deb uses they, them pronouns. And this was in the context of so-and-so. Like, this is why Deb did a good thing. She must have thought that I am just a rando illustrator who has zero mutual connections to her. When in fact, we have a ton of mutual connections. Right. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm I'm very torn about the whole conversation just up front because it's like my wife's a designer and I'm an actor and I feel like I'm always trying to like find the bar of what I'll be willing to take in an industry that underpays me for my talent. I also come from like a, a dad who was like, you, you're not late. You're 15 minutes early. Everything was like work smarter, not harder. Don't ask your employees to do something you wouldn't do. So like I come from this very like pick yourself up by the bootstraps type, you know, family. I'm in an industry for years where I don't get to say what I do. And so oftentimes I find myself taking things that I wouldn't necessarily want to take or I don't feel it's enough money because mm-hmm. I want to work. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I want to come at it a little bit from that point of view of like where you are today. Cause it sounds to me, this mm-hmm. is by the way, the longest question in the history of man, <laughs> but it sounds to me like the purpose of your post was because you wanted to expose an industry where the top 1% is making the money and they're underpaying the artists and people are being undervalued for their work. Is that an, a fair assessment? Yeah. You think this is a lot of money. It's really not. Right. 
But so then my question is, do you stand by like, like you said, that's the hill I'm going to die on. I would do that post all over again today. Oh, I'll do it 50 times over if I had to. Okay. So then my question to you is, (laughs) is do you think that because you're established, you were able to do that? If you were just out of college, would you do that? That's a good question. Um, Well, two years ago, I didn't really understand the difference between licensing and work for hire as much. And I was also less established. Um, I was getting less work in that industry. So yeah, I probably wouldn't have posted it. I I wouldn't have. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I would say like between the beginning of 2022 and the end of 2022, like my audience like basically tripled. Right, right. I was able to have leverage in this conversation. Yes. But I think that's a really important distinction. Mm-hmm. And this is just like, like I said, I give you like my backstory of where I'm coming from. Like, I, I wouldn't sit down with a young person and be like, and do that. Like, because mm-hmm. I really do think there can be real like ramifications to that. You know, I, I feel like because of your talent and because of the level that you are, you might have been able to sidestep that or just like lane shift. Like, I'm over here now. Um, yeah. versus I was going to go over here, but now I'm, I'm over here and you have choice because of talent. And, but it's like, when I talk to young people, like, especially if I talk to young actors, I'm like, if you're like, let's just say you don't have the best personality, you better start being really nice to everybody you pass from the second you get off the subway to the second you walk into that audition. Because I held the doorway for somebody once I held the elevator door so that they could mm-hmm. make it. And when I went into the audition, they were behind the table. Oh, <gasps> Yeah. Now I tanked that audition because it was early in my career and I was not good at auditioning early on, but I had a leg up. That woman was so happy to see me because I had done this nice thing and I didn't do the nice thing because I did it because it's just like, I mean, who hasn't tried to catch an elevator? But so I, I'm always telling young people like, you've got to really be careful. And so, and so you're hitting on like a core value for me. And that's why I want to bring Steph into this part of the conversation too. Cause I, I never want it to be like, I think, oh, what you did was wrong. But I'm just like, like every hair on the back of my neck is like, oh my God, I can't believe like, like what could have gone wrong. I think also there's some like little details that, I mean, I just lurked the tweet to make sure I got this right, but you didn't add at Fortnite. So no. like, yes, you called them out, but you weren't like, I think those are you like, didn't expect it to go viral. No, I didn't. If you're adding <laughs> Fortnite, you're like, I want you to see this, you know, mm-hmm. whereas if you're sort of like just saying something, it's like, who knows if Fortnite will see this or not. That's not the point of this tweet. The point of the tweet is that I'm trying to get something off my chest or I'm trying to relate to others or, you know, figure out how I feel about this. Like whatever the point is, it's there. So I think that's interesting. I think mm-hmm. it's also interesting that you like, tried to negotiate with them because mm-hmm. yes. to me that is something I learned way later on and a lot of like my regret around doing work for less money was because I lacked the confidence to be able to push back which yeah I think comes with an amount of obviously privilege experience. and safety and experience like you have to feel safe enough to push back and you have to know that that opportunity might get taken away from you if you do but I think that is so valuable because there is a scenario or like 35 potential scenarios where they could have come back and been like yeah you know what we can't give you IP but we can give you a thousand more dollars and you can sell prints or something you know like there could have been a conversation and I think having that conversation is important for you and like practice and like for me in practice it's important for 
the 1% company to be like, these are the things that people want that you can offer that maybe aren't financial if they apparently don't have an extra few thousand dollars. But I also Their think- lawyers are very busy, Steph. <laughs> but I think it there is, you know, I'm not going to stand up for Fortnite like they have billions of dollars, whatever. But there is an ignorance around like I have no idea how much actors get paid when they book gigs like I have no idea right so if well, I'm there's gonna industry book, standards that, well, this that people is, have been willing to accept and this is where years. I'm going is yeah. that I think there should be some sort of pay rate guide mm-hmm. across the industry and like having that doesn't mean that that's what people can pay you but it's like a nice thing that's outside of yourself that shows the third party your worth and what you deserve you know so like I find it really helpful because I can be like hey uh thank you so much for thinking of me I would love to do this work as per industry standards laid out in this pay rate chart this is my daily rate this is like average daily rate I've been working for 17 years this is whatever this rate is I haven't been working for 17 years but you know (laughs) you know like x y and z means that this is my rate if you're willing to step up to that blah 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 and it sort of takes it away from you and puts the blame on them Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like, which I hate that we have to do. I hate that I can't just be like, hey, I'm really good at my job. Pay me more. Um, But to someone who doesn't know me or doesn't know the industry, like, sometimes you have to legit be like, hey, this is industry standard and I have this, this and this. So, like, this is your chance to pay me more. Yeah. Well, and I think we should point out a couple of great things that you did for younger people who are in the position that you're at. You asked people. Mm-hmm. You asked a bunch of people in the industry who had done the job to ask what that was to see if it was standard. You know, I, I think that's really important. And then you negotiated, like Steph said. So you did do some 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 really, I think, smart things. I, I think one of my questions is is around the the permanence of it. I, I love what you were doing in in calling out an industry and calling out the standards being too low. I think my worry, and this is like, you know, I'm your mom now. Deb, and I apologize for that. But I think my worry <laughs> is, like, and, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but if it comes down to you and someone of the same talent and they Google you and that lives in permanence forever, are mm. you concerned about that? That they might go, well, this is a person who maybe doesn't care about confidentiality because you did name check the company. So like, does that worry you or concern you or what are your thoughts on that? So that's interesting because I didn't, to be honest, I didn't think about like, so I didn't sign an NDA. Right. That's another thing. Um, I think if that lives under my name, I I take that with pride. I am more than happy that it lives under my name because I want to be one of the people who say, like, this is bad and you should not settle for less if you are able to. If yeah. you are in a situation where you can you don't need to take that, don't take it. I mean, you're lucky it went viral because in that instance it 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 drove attention to the issue that you wanted to. Yeah, it, and it started like a little thing where this illustrator, Daniel Zender, who regularly does illustrations for New York Times, um, he posted on his Instagram that, yeah, I've been getting the same $500 I got paid 100, uh, not 100 years ago, 10 years ago. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's he's 120 years old. You know, back in my day. <laughs> and that's, by the way, another, another point for young folks. You have to often go in and say, I'd like an increase in my day rate. Or my fee schedule. Yeah. Because they're going to just keep paying you what they pay you if you don't ask. If you don't say, yeah. this is what you hired <laughs> me to do, I do more, or I've been with you a long time, I deserve this. I don't want, I'm not going to name this person, but I do have a few friends who are art draggers at the New York Times 
who also agree that $500, $300 is nothing to be paid. And um, they uh, actually ask the artists that they're hiring through a different platform saying like, hey, uh, I want you to email me saying that you want a higher rate so I can forward this to my manager and say that artists are asking for a higher rate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are people on the other side who agree that rates are in the basement right now and need to go up a little Forever. higher. Forever. Forever. Yeah. What I do is look at every relationship and be like, okay, what can I take out of this that will serve me in the negotiation? Like if it's not money, how else can I benefit or get what I need out of it? So if that Social is- capital. Social capital, yeah. name recognition, longer timelines, if I align with the mission of the thing, if it's a cool project that I want to be working on, if it's a way that I could train someone on my team, I look at those things and I'm like, okay, you know, is one of those other buckets worth missing out on a thousand dollars? I think that's a really good distinction stuff because it is true. Like I'm in more of a need place in terms of my acting career. And it does seem, Deb, like you looked at it and you said, I don't think they can give me more than what I'm already doing on my own. I don't mm-hmm. think that this is my worth and therefore I don't need this. So I think that's a really important distinction for folks when they're in this space of like, do I blow it up or not? Well, might you need them in the future? Might you like, you know, looking at it from that point of view? Yeah. I'm going to edit you for a second. Not need. Do you want them? Do you want them in your future? Because like need, I feel like is like right, fear based, right, right. whereas like want is mm-hmm. like, what do I want in my life and will this like serve me? If there are people who see that I called out Fortnite and say that they don't want to work with me because of that, then I don't want to work with them either. I don't want to work with the yeah. people who think who are also corporate bootlickers. Yeah. Um, the second thing is that I think it's very ironic that my career kind of exploded because of not taking the Fortnite job as opposed yeah. to taking the Fortnite job. If I took the Fortnite job, my career would probably have stagnated. There are like some global brands who say like, we want to work with you, giving me a very reasonable pay rate. Uh, and I asked them, how'd you find me? And they said, oh, through that uh, article about how you turned out Fortnite. <laughs> God, that's incredible. That's really yeah. incredible. It's hilarious how the turntables. Um, well, I, so. and I want I want to ask you, because I, I do think that one of the things that we've established is that you are at a place in your career. So what advice would you give to somebody who's just emerging in their career and they come across the situation the way you did? Um, I would say, I, I think this applies to like even personal things too. So like if you're breaking up with somebody or if you are really upset with somebody and like your friendship's falling apart or whatever, always post everything, always email everything as if it's going to be screenshotted and posted in public. Yes. Without context. And I'm glad to hear you say that. If I'm calling out like a big place like this and it goes viral, I have to make sure that am I doing this gracefully? Am I doing this in a way where it's firm, but like I'm trying to stand up for my industry? So yeah, I would say like personally and professionally, that is always the best way to go. Yes. We did touch on it at the top a little bit about the cancel culture. And I do think Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways – what you did, like what I hear in what you did was a really thoughtful approach. Like you didn't, you. like Steph said, you didn't at them. You know, you you did attempt to talk to people. You did attempt to negotiate in good faith. You When when it wasn't meeting your needs, you said, no, thank you. But mm-hmm. in, in a world where there's cancel culture, 
what you did got boiled down to um, a 20 something sounding ungrateful. And Mm -hmm. and that's why I think that that's the part where where I think you and I meet in the middle and it might be some of the best advice, which is to like follow through all of the things you did, but be aware it may be boiled down, be aware Mm -hmm. of that and be aware that some of those people like that, that designer that you mentioned might be hiring managers. And so it's that you have to walk down this really thoughtful path of when you're willing to kind of put yourself out there or when what you want to say is more important than what could happen. Yes. I was also going to come back to that because Deb, you said that in a different way. You said like when you were giving advice, you were like, um, write everything. I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing, but like write everything (laughs) as if like it will be screenshotted and someone will read it without context. And I think the without context is so important today because like Twitter, like everything that we read, we're just like reading like the surface level of it. It's like Mm -hmm. bloop. And we do get, you know, a lot of our information without context. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good piece of advice for how to approach something. And it's something that I know makes me feel safer. I'm like, I want the receipts that I've done what I think is appropriate before I call someone out publicly on the internet, you know, I want to be able to be like, did I negotiate? Do I feel good about this? Did I do this? Like, and, and, and feel like I have that so that then if, if someone comes at me, it's not even that I can respond to them and be like, no, I did try to negotiate. Or I did try to like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's that I can tell myself and like self-soothe and be like, look, I did do that. I did that. And yeah. so I'm not yeah. in the wrong. Like, this no. isn't on me and like the people attacking me are just like not reading far enough into it. Mm-hmm. But but I do think we have to think about the fact, and this is my fear-based talk always, that we do live in a world where people don't look into the context. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's a it's really complex. It is. But, I think it um, is too. I'm okay with, you know what? If I love they... your assuredness. I love it. <laughs> I, I do want to say, I think the root so much of why people were so upset with me or calling me greedy is that people just don't realize how much a billion dollars is. I think that's the big part of it. Or how much, or I I think actually to fine tune that, how much profit they will make off of the $3,000 they gave you. Exactly. It's, It's a mix of that. And also forgetting that this is a job. Like, this is my full-time job. Like, I think people see illustration and design and art as a hobby. I think that's why. They see it as extra income because people see, look at $3,000 as a whole thing and be like, oh my God, that's so much money. But for a job, like for your full-time job- You would job, have to do 20 of those just to make 60 grand a year. And not even that taxes. because someone's taking, and someone's taking 30% of your cut. Exactly. I mean, really, it all comes down to capitalism sucking. It really does. It really does. I'm so thankful that you let us just kind of like pick this apart and bring all our own personal shit to the conversation. And of course, can you please tell everyone where they can get your book? Because I think oh. by the time that we've recorded this, your book is out. Um, yeah. At this point, you can get In Limbo anywhere. Uh, you can get it on Barnes & Noble, uh, any indie bookstore that is local to you, um, even Amazon if you have to. Um, Speaking of a billion dollars. Seriously. <laughs> and where can folks follow you? Oh, yeah. On every platform, on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, whatever, it's uh, at JDebbiel. So it's J-D-E-B-B-I-E-L. I made that username because I ran out of ideas in 2012. 
my website is debleeart.com. And uh, thank you for having me, Robin. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have reached the well-adjusting expert of the day. Today, we're going to be hearing from Angie Lee. She's the global head of brand and marketing for Samsung Next. And she's one smart cookie. Everyone wants to know that their work is being valued fairly. So whenever I have a friend who comes to me and asks or suspects that they are being underpaid, I recommend they take three steps. First, arm yourself with research. Find out what your role is getting compensated out in the world keeping in mind level setting, keeping in mind industry, keeping in mind geography. The second is to evaluate your current position holistically. So yes, there are companies that will pay exorbitantly well, but is that at a cost of a really terrible company culture? And so thinking holistically about the benefits, about the culture, about the quality of the mentorship and the leadership, some of the benefits around work-life balance, working from home, All of these things should weigh into the evaluation of your current role. And once you have a better sense, then the third step is to go speak to your manager or your client to tell them what you've learned and to work with them collaboratively to try to find a solution where both sides can feel that they are getting value out of the relationship. So there are three things that I always recommend folks keep in mind when they're negotiating. First, remember there's a distinction between worth, value, and budget. What you believe you are worth may not always match with the value that a company thinks you bring to an organization or the budget they may have for the role. Second, remember that the world is small and always behave and speak as if your words and your actions are going to be public. Sometimes people assume that they're in a closed room negotiation and so therefore their actions and their behaviors won't have ripple effects outside of that room. Your reputation is the one most important thing that you carry from role to role. So always behave in a way that you would feel proud of when speaking or describing your negotiating process to someone else. The third thing I always tell people to do during a negotiation process is to observe and assess how the other company engages. So while the goal of a negotiation is often to get to the numbers, the reality is, is that you should be evaluating the company at every step of the way If throughout the process, they are non-responsive, if they are aggressive, if they are acting in a way that you perceive as being disrespectful, then that should be a giant red flag because how they behave in these most sensitive moments, the moments when they feel they have something potentially to lose, should tell you how they will behave as your manager, as your client. And so the other thing to remember when you go into a negotiation is that ultimately making a decision whether or not to accept a role should depend upon also how they behave and make you feel throughout this process. Ooh, that was some really fantastic advice. So thank you so much. And I'm going to add on to that. Don't post in anger. Don't react to offers or employers when you're in a charged emotional state. Think it through ask folks to read responses or posts over, wait a day. Your future employed self will thank your current you. Okay, folks, we are all talked out over here. But before we go, I do want to say so many thanks to Deb for their willingness to talk this complicated topic through. 
And of course, a huge thank you to Angie for her very smart and accredited thoughts. For more Robin, and you may need that, you probably don't need it, but like if you do, you can follow me at Real Rob Hops on all the platforms, all the socials, as the kids today say. Well Adjusting is an edit audio original, exec produced by Steph Colburn and Robin Hopkins. Thank you to Maria Passingham, Kathleen Speckert, and the whole edit audio team. Oh, hey, before you take out those AirPods, this show is just for entertainment. If you are in need of help, please, please, please reach out to a professional. Go ahead and get that help. You deserve it.